Eagles Entertainment. Everything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right. Another day on the Eagles fall to San Francisco as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 500. And at the top of today's show, we've got the postgame show where I chat with Marissa Pilla and Ike Reese. The Eagles drop to 10-2 after a 42-19 loss to the visiting 49ers. This was a rough one on both sides of the football. There is no cutting around it. Uh, Ike, Marissa, and I talk through it. We hear from Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. This podcast takes you all the way up to Nick Sirianni's press conference after the game. And so if you want to hear Nick Sirianni, if you want to hear Jalen Hurts, Ike and I get into some other discussions as well with Marissa after those press conferences. So if you want to hear more of that analysis, be sure to check out the post-game show in its entirety over on the Eagles YouTube page. That said, uh, before we get started, as always, Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe, really wherever you listen, wherever you can leave us uh, a review and leave us a rating, appreciate those that have done so. If you have a question about this team, if you have a question about this game, about the upcoming matchup against the Dallas Cowboys, go and leave it in the in the comment box there on Apple Podcasts. We'll answer it this week on the program. That said, uh, let's get it going here. Excited to catch up with Marissa and Ike. It's time now for the postgame show. Welcome to Eagles Post Game presented by Rico. I'm Marissa Pilla with Fran Duffy and Ike Reese. It was one of the most highly anticipated matches of the week and including the Eagles' entire schedule as they hosted the 49ers today. And the 49ers handed the Eagles their second loss of the season, 10-2 now with a 42-19 loss. Now, what was interesting was this was the fifth game in a row the Eagles trailed at halftime. The four previous times the Eagles found a way to win, walked off with a big victory. Why weren't they able to find a win today? Uh, This is a different beast, the San Francisco 49ers. You know, I thought this would be a great matchup between the two best teams. And I still believe these are the two best teams in the National Football League, despite what the ending Uh, results were in this game. I think these two teams are a lot closer when it comes to talent. I think there'll be another opportunity where these two teams meet each other at. I just hope it's right back here in the link. But this is a game, it looked like to me, we wore down in the second half. You talk about those previous four to five games that we battled back from and they showed great resiliency. I think we saw that take its effect in the second half of this game. And you saw the 49ers sort of impose their will on us. But this is something that we can learn from as well. This is something that we can learn from that, you know, when you get behind against teams like this, it's going to be difficult to come back. And, friend, I don't know if you agree or not, but I thought the turning point in this game was the drive before the half and the drive coming out of the locker room. The 49ers went down and scored 14 points there. That was the first time I started to think, man, it looked like they may have our number right now. You know, it's one of those things where the last few weeks we've talked about, guys, how, you know, here at the desk after an Eagles win, oh, you know what, they're the first team in NFL history to do this win. You know, they've got this amount of penalties or this amount of turnovers or you didn't do this in the first half. At some point, that catches up with you, right? You can't play that way every single week. And here in this game, the San Francisco 49ers, they were 8 of 11 on third down uh, and 4 for 4 in the red zone. It's tough to be able to uh, come out on top against a really good team. And this San Francisco 49ers team is very, very good on both sides of the football. 
you have got to bring your A game. And here in this one, they just did not bring their A game, and it wasn't enough here tonight, obviously, as the San Francisco with a commanding victory here at Lincoln Financial Field. Well, the Niners aren't only talented, they're relentless. And I think that's what we saw, too, on both sides of the ball. We have boots on the ground over there at the link with our Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Dave, normally when we're chatting, it's after a win, and it's really exciting for both of us. Um, so we want to get your point of view. I think we have Dave, do we? You know what? We're having a technical issue with Dave. Maybe he's collecting his thoughts after this loss. So we'll continue our discussion over here. And to your point about third downs being really big for the Eagles today and not being able to stop them. And I think what is so highlighted about the Niners is yards after catch because they make these little plays into big, big gains. Why couldn't they stop them, especially in those conversion plays? Yeah, I mean, we saw some big plays that happened after the catch with missed tackles from the Eagles defense, and that happened at the linebacker level. It happened at the defensive back level as well. But the big thing, you know, you look back, the Eagles have not had one of the best third down defenses throughout most of the season. You go back to last week against Buffalo, and it seemed like almost on a drive-by-drive -drive basis – Josh Allen, it's third and nine. He's, he's thrown for 12. It's third and eight. They pick up 13. In this one, it wasn't even, oh, you know, it was a lot of third, third and long backbreakers. But when you look at the conversions, I mean, you had a 13-yarder. You had an 18-yarder. You had a 33-yarder. You had a two-yard touchdown. You had an 18-yard touchdown to Jennings. A lot of big plays where, you know, it's, if it's third and three and they run and they pick up four, that's tough, right? right. But, but when you give up. 18 yards, that's like a double backbreaker. That, that is tough to bounce back from. Uh, after the Eagles started 0 for 2, or the, the 49ers started 0 for 2 on third down on those first two three and outs, they converted their next six, and they just kept rolling. They scored touchdowns on four straight drives. You've got, the Eagles have to be able to find ways to get off the field. Yeah, and entering today, the Eagles were ranked 30th in third down defense, and that showed today yeah. to be a big part of today's game. Now we have Dave over there at the link. So, Dave, we're going to ask you a couple questions about what you thought about this loss. First and foremost, the Niners held the Eagles to just 19 points, their second fewest of the entire season. What, for you, led to the lack of spark on offense? Yeah, I don't think Marissa, the Eagles could run the football very well at all. Uh, they had two opportunities to start the game in the red zone. They came away with two field goals. That does not happen. And then the Niners got it revved up offensively. Um, and I'm, I'm, I want to talk about the Eagles defense in a moment, but I'll focus here on the Eagles offense. It was early on, even when they were converting on those first two drives, it was third and long. They hit a couple of skinny little slants to A.J. Brown. Quez Watkins had a play. I mean, like, that was – they were being bailed out on third downs. Jalen just didn't seem like he was as sharp as he has been, backpedaling away from the pressure a bit. Uh, but to me – the Eagles wanted to get the ball early to DeAndre Swift, and they wanted to get the run game going. And the run game just never took off. And if you don't have a run game, and you're not scoring touchdowns in the red zone, and that's a, absolutely not a coincidence, because the reason the Eagles had been so good in the red zone, 12 straight trips dating back to the Washington games where they scored touchdowns in the red zone, they ran the football well there. They did not do that tonight. Well, on the other side of the ball, when you look up the word versatility in the dictionary, you might find the Niners' offense, and that versatility was on full display today. What did they expose about the Eagles' defense? You know, it was interesting to watch. The first two possessions, McCaffrey didn't get a touch, and the Eagles got off the field. They had really good pressure. They played in the backfield. They hurried Brock Purdy. Then San Francisco got the ball to CMC, and the Eagles were all of a sudden – backing up and they were giving up the offensive line the, the line of scrimmage and it was third and shorts and um you know purdy had time and 
the short passing game is the design that beats this Eagles defense. We saw it against Washington, across the middle, screen game. Eagles, we knew without Zach Cunningham, thin at linebacker, a tired defense after last week. I, I just thought it showed. After the first two series, San Francisco scored touchdowns on seven consecutive drives, and they did it by keeping Purdy clean, by giving him easy reads, easy completions, catch and runs, and the Eagles, I think, as a sign of a tired defense, really missed a lot of tackles, something we normally don't see from this defense. It was very uncharacteristic, especially late in games when we've been come to expect to lean on the defense to get the offense going late in these games, especially if the Eagles are trailing. Now, finally, I'll have one more question for you as I let you head back in. What do you think will be the biggest point of emphasis leaving this game as they look forward and try to regrow and, and regain after this one? Yeah, recovery. And the Eagles, this is the third game in 13 days with a big one next week in Dallas, primetime game. Got to come back, bring the energy, physically get better. I mean, we can talk about the X's and O's all we want, but it is important that hopefully the Eagles can get Dallas Goddard back on the field. Hopefully they can get Zach Cunningham back on the field. Hopefully the guys up front can be fresh and, and feel good and um, that this team comes out and plays with energy again against the Cowboys team that's going to have 10 days of rest that knows that a victory would tie them for the top of the NFC East with the Eagles. So my biggest key this week, it's not X's and O's. It's not changing anything. It is recovery and coming back with great energy for 60 minutes in Arlington, Texas. Yeah, a little R&R &R is going to do this team very, very well. Dave, thank you so much uh, for all of your insight. And Dave made an important point that the Eagles just couldn't get the run game going, held to 46 running yard, rushing yards, which is the fewest this season. What fell apart in the run game? Um, getting behind the chains. You know, 49ers doing a great job on first down, second down. And I think at some point, we, we just didn't commit to it anymore. You know, once the 49ers got rolling offensively, then it became how do we catch back up as quick as possible. Most of our rushing yards probably came from Jalen Hurts. You know, I haven't looked at the stat sheet, but I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't our leading rusher uh, today with some of his scrambles um, out there. Yep. And when you don't win on first down and you, kind of, you sort of become predictable against this defense – on second and third down, you know, they did a great job of just rushing four and dropping seven back into coverage, and we couldn't find guys open. You know, we saw several plays there where Jalen, particularly in that first half, was standing back there uh, just waiting for somebody to get yeah. waiting for somebody to get open, and no one could get open. So those are what you call, like, coverage sack or coverage plays. But if you do a better job on first down running the football, I think it gives you an opportunity to be in second and five, third and four, and now the defense has to prepare for run and pass versus knowing that you're going to throw the ball. Yeah, I think it became one of those things where, and you were right, by the way, Jalen Hurts, 20 yards rushing uh, on the day, was the leader. Uh, DeAndre Swift, six carries, 13 yards, under two and a half yards a carry in this one. So uh, the Eagles not voluminous in the run game and also not efficient when they were trying to give the ball to DeAndre Swift and Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell downhill in this one. But I think when you look at uh, the offensive approach in this one, I mean, like you, you said it, those coverage sacks where Jalen Hurts drops back, and you said the stat on Eagles game plan this week that this was one of the hardest defenses San Francisco to complete explosive pass plays on and we chalked a lot of that up to the pass rush right their, their ability to get after the quarterback but in this one I mean it looks like the I'm excited to go back and look at the film but it looks like the coverage was pretty locked down on the yeah. back end pass protection was there yeah. yeah pass protection was there and you know I would like if you're Jalen take off mm. you to get rid of that ball at times you know I know you know he's, he's holding the ball back there waiting on someone to get open 
But after a while, man, this defense is so good, it's going to have you running around back there. The longer you stay back there, it's usually going to end up in a negative play. I also believe when things start to snowball against you, you start to speed things up in your head. You, you, you start to go through your process a little bit too fast, and you sometimes miss some things. And I don't know if we ever settled down from, from the quarterback position, meaning being able to see the whole field, uh, take what's there, what's being given to you, and then going up and making plays. And the other thing, we needed to become comfortable with if the 49ers are going to give it to us underneath, meaning let us throw the ball underneath, then we got to take those underneath throws and make something out of them. It's very similar to what the 49ers did on offense. Sure. A lot of their throws were very intermediate, short throws that they had the uh, the yak, the yards after the catch type of yardage. Yeah, and that's something that I, we go back to when the Eagles beat the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins came into that game as one of the leaders in yards after catch on the season, and the Eagles locked down Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and Raheem Mostert, that whole offense with creating, the, creating big plays with the ball in their hands. In this one, I mean, Debo Samuel had three touchdowns, uh, and all of them were, were yak yeah. plays, right? I mean, you, you have to be able to get those guys to the ground. That's what they do best. That's their bread and butter. They were just carving up the backfield, it felt like. To a certain point, there was no answer, it felt like, um, after the yards after catch. And to your point, too, about all the time in the world for Jalen Hurts, but sometimes that's a really, really bad thing, too. You could see him trying to direct traffic downfield. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the coverage was just so good, especially on A.J. Brown. They had him kind of locked down, especially in those big uh, explosive plays opportunities. But as you said about the pass rush and, and the containment of that, I thought Lane Johnson played really well against yeah. Nick Bosa. There yeah. was a couple plays where he put him on his butt, yeah. you know, and he looked really good. So it was certain things about that game plan checked off, but they were just the, – the Niners were just so locked down downfield. Here's another thing that's deflating. The Eagles came out in the first quarter, and I thought they had a great game mm -hmm. plan. Yes. Those first two drives, they had the 49ers on their heels – able to move the ball down the field with ease, over 100 yards of offense, and you feel like we should be up 14 nothing right now, yet it was 6 nothing. Right. So when you don't score touchdowns on the, in those opportunities, what you're doing is two things. You're keeping the opposing team in the game versus, like, say they score touchdowns there. Now the 49ers may have to abandon their offensive game plan because instead of being down just one possession, you're down two possessions and you're trying to catch back up and maybe they have to uh, put the game in Brock, Hurdy's, um, Brock Purdy's hands a little more than they really want to. But when you only kick field goals, it also can become deflating as an offense. Yep. It, it can become frustrating because you're saying to yourself, man, we're moving the ball between mm. the 20s with no problem, but we can't punch it in. And it seems like after that first quarter, the 49ers looked up at the scoreboard and felt like they had a rebirth. Like, hold on, we just got dominated. We got a negative two yards of offense, but we're still in this game. We're only one possession out of this game. And they got rejuvenated from that, whereas the Eagles almost, they were taken aback, only being up six points. And then once the 49ers scored, they couldn't recover from that when they went up seven to six. It, we never led again after leading six to nothing. Yeah, at the first quarter turn, you know, they were playing all the graphics mm -hmm. and they're talking about it on the broadcast. The Eagles dominated, dominated the first quarter. Man. The graphics are all on the screen. Uh, Marissa, you and I are looking at each other like, yeah, like they dominated, but it's it's six nothing. Yeah. One, one possession, and all of a sudden, you know, San Francisco has the lead there. And I think the big thing is that this Eagles offense, uh, they had the red zone issues early in the year, and then they ran the graphic, ironically enough, right before the Eagles' first red zone drive, that they had scored, what was it, 19 straight uh, red zone trips, ended in a touchdown. Outstanding. I mean, that, that is the top shelf of the league. It was leading the NFL coming into the week, um, but it ran cold to start off here. They, they were able to score in their next two red zone drives, but those first two 
proved pivotal. Uh, to Mike's point, that changes the scope of the entire game. That changes the way that Kyle Shanahan is likely to call plays yes. when you're down 14-0 in the second quarter. Because now you're, you're pressing a little bit more and some of the, the play actions and some of the creative motions and the misdirection stuff. Now you're digging deeper into your bag to try and throw out like some gadget plays or it's just a straight drop back pass. What you saw from the, from the 49ers on those first two third downs where the Eagles were able to get off the field, it's third and 12, it's third and 14. You're playing like that all the time if you're down 14-0, if you're down 17-3. So uh, ultimately, that to me, that was, that was one of the pivotal points in the game. It was a missed opportunity to really control the pace and yeah. the and orchestrate how the game was going to be played. And I thought, too, just to put it in perspective, they held uh, the Niners negative six total yards in the first quarter, 173 in the second quarter. Yeah. Yeah. And in the first quarter, as you said, on those third, third downs that they weren't able to convert, Brock Purdy had to improvise. He is not the best improviser. That's what you want to see him do. And then you let him get comfortable. And I think it must be frustrating maybe for a defender, too, to hold them to two straight three and outs. The first time they've been able to do that this season, the Niners back-to-back three and outs. And then your offense isn't able to answer. And to have that kind of missed chemistry a little bit where your defense is coming off so hyped, so big, uh, stopping this incredible offense, and then your offense isn't able to answer back has to, you know, change the the vibe a little bit on the sideline. Yeah, but they they should have known that that's a great 49ers defense over there, right? They lead the league in fewest amount of points scored. A lot of categories. Uh, Yeah, yeah, so, you know, they just don't give up a lot of Mm -hmm. touchdowns. And – our defense usually plays just as well. I know we give up a few more points, but we normally don't give. I haven't seen this type of scoring against our defense. I can't even remember from yeah. the last time I've seen this type of scoring against our defense. But when you go from that first quarter to what we saw in the second quarter, all it takes is a couple plays where you got McCaffrey seeping out of the backfield, seemingly maybe some, some mix-up in the coverage. I think about the big play to uh, George Kittle where it looked like it may have been he, he looked like he was going to block. You know, he was chipping on Hassan Reddick, and then he snuck out of the backfield, and he picked up a big, uh, like a 30-something yard yep. uh, reception where it looked like somebody dropped him in coverage because they lost him behind the line of scrimmage. A couple plays like that is all the 49ers needed to get back in the game. You think about it, none of their passes were down the field over our head. Everything was pretty much underneath, and it was yards after the catch. So what I believe started happening is, you brought up last week's game, 90-something plays. That's where that started to kick in. Not necessarily an excuse for the Eagles, but more so of an explanation as to why our defense looks so tired and missing tackles out there. They may have been a little worn down from the games they played over the last two weeks because we usually tackle better than what we saw out there today. You brought up that Miami Dolphins game where I know it was a focus of uh, emphasis for them being able to come up and tackle. Well, the 49ers are just as good, or if not better, with yards after the catch. So that had to be a point of emphasis this week. But what you saw was tired legs, people reaching instead of bringing their, 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 their body through to make the tackle. And you didn't get enough gang tackling out there today. It was a lot of one-on-one situations. And give the Niners credit, man. Their skill position, guys, this is where they thrive at, is in these yards after the catch, being able to make someone miss. Debo's one of the toughest runners. I know he plays wide receiver, but it's more running back in Debo than there is wide receiver. Yeah, and ultimately, when you talk about the uh, the feeling it from the last few weeks, right, that, that's going to have a physical impact on you, but also a mental a- yeah. impact on you as well, right? It's going to be yeah. tough as the game goes on, and that's where you get into third and seven, and it's like, oh, all right, here we go again. we we got to get a stop, and when you don't get that stop, and it goes for 18 yards, and it's like, ah. Oh. 
Like I, now, yeah, start the, over the, again. So the last yeah. three weeks, the last four weeks, the last two weeks, so whatever awesome. it is for every every player, yeah, it starts to weigh on you. Uh, and it's again, these are all individual plays. I'm I'm sure I'm going to go back. I'm going to watch all these third downs tomorrow. And there's not going to be one stand, outstanding theme that's like, oh, that's why uh, the Eagles just could not get off the field in this game. But it's I mean, it's as simple as the second drive of the game. It's third and four down in the red zone, and it's an incompletion of George Kittle in the back of the end zone. The Eagles should get off the field. But Josh Sweat was offsides on the play. That brings up third and two. Brandon Ayuk scores on the next play. The Eagles should have gotten off the field. That's a four-point play, right? So all of those individual cases, uh, that's ultimately what turned the tide here in this football game. And talk about mental impact, too, the fatigue mentally, because you're seeing such a complicated offense that's really, really shifty. We saw a lot of these plays where Debo Samuel was almost hooking around Brock Purdy and coming out behind Christian McCaffrey, which was confusing kind of the the secondary a little bit, causing some shifts in the back end, and then that opened up complete holes in the Eagles' defense. They were seeing a lot of things that they haven't seen this season, and they're running the gauntlet, as we said. This is the toughest part of their schedule, and this was maybe the most highlighted game during it. And and the thing when you play the 49ers is they want to keep you in your base defense. That's why they keep 21 personnel out there, which is their regular personnel, two backs, a tight end, two wide receivers, and then they move them all around. They spread them out. You know, Christian McCaffrey can go out and play wide receiver. Debo comes in and plays running back. Uh, Cal Yushek moves to the tight end position. George Kittle goes back and plays fullback. And to your point, then they give you these motions, and now you're trying to figure out, okay, who's responsible for whom? And if some of your principles don't add up versus their personnel, that's where you can get the confusion at. That's what Cal Shanahan and that offense is relying on, that you guys – your, your fundamentals or your principles or your defense will break down versus what we're trying to do offensively, and eventually we'll find the matchup that we're looking for, or you're going to get somebody who's left out in coverage open like we saw George Kittle come out, or when you put Anthony Morrow or um, Christian McCaffrey one-on-one on the left side of the field by himself, and he has the ability to run an out or run the up, and that's what he ran was an option route. Morrow thought he was going out, and Christian McCaffrey kept it up, and that was a big game for him as well. So, I mean, that's the difficulty of facing this offense, and you got to be fundamentally sound with your principles and and your responsibilities, and you got to have great communication out there. Yeah, when you talk about all those different motions too, we saw the same motion over and over and over again. That is with a purpose. You know, Kyle Shanahan is trying to do something to show you one thing, and you're doing different things off of it. He wants to see how you're reacting to that motion. It's the same. The Eagles do the same thing. How often over the last few, few weeks have we seen DeAndre Swift come across the formation in that jet motion with Boston Scott in the backfield? We saw it a couple of times early on in this game, and went, some went for for some nice completions. We saw uh, DeAndre Swift catch that quick pass from Jalen Hurts and go for a first down. The Eagles try and do the same thing, but that's one of the things that Shanahan majors in is he's going to try and show you one thing over and over and over, and then at some point he's counting on you to break. Yeah, I think there was a good example of that, too, with George Kittle. He was in motion coming across the field. He kind of got a little, his hands a little bit on a block, and then he was just wide open down yeah. the sideline. Yeah. He had a huge gain, and it was just such a perfect example of that pre-snap motion where somebody's like, oh, okay, he's going to do this, and it was completely different. Yeah. And to your point, the Niners play almost a positionless offense. It's, it's interchangeable. It's, hey, you're going to play this, you're going to play that, because their offense is so talented. What does that ask the defense then to do? Do they have to play positionless as well? Well, it, it makes it difficult for a defense from the standpoint of just when you go through your principles and your rules of what we're going to check to versus this, this formation or if the back motions out, we check to this. 
Well, they challenge you because, well, if Christian McCaffrey starts out as a wide receiver and Debo's back there playing running back, well, as a defense, are you treating Debo as a running back or is he? are you treating him as a wide receiver? And different motions from different personnel can cause you to check to something else. So I would imagine this is what they worked on all week. This is part of the game plan. They had to know this is a part of what the 49ers do offensively. We faced them last year uh, in the NFC Championship game. But if everybody isn't on the same page, you're going to get bl- uh, blown assignments out there. And, again, that's what Kyle Shanahan – and this offense is relying on. They want to take you through the mental gymnastics before the snap of the ball, and then once they snap the ball, let's see if your rules hold up to what we're trying to do. Yeah, it it was interesting because I was kind of going back and forth watching it. It felt like more of the big plays came from like the physical errors. And some of them certainly. You know, I agree about with you on that, yeah. It, 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 I certainly felt too, like yeah. the Nicholas Morrow play on an island, like, yeah, technically like he felt he was going to run a different route, but that's a, a one-on-one. I don't even think of that as like a, a busted coverage, right? That's just, I, he, he lost on the route. He lost against uh, an all-pro running back uh, out in space. But it felt like to me in this game, a lot of those big plays from the 49ers were more like physical issue as opposed to, oh, you know what? They just they just got out-schemed and lost on the play. That's a great point. Fran, you're, you're absolutely right. And I called Nicholas Moore Anthony Morrow earlier, but I, I j- just dawned on me. He's a basketball player, not there a football right. player. But yes, um, Nicholas Morrow, you're right. Those, those weren't so many mental errors out yeah. there. You're talking about physical uh, situations where tackles weren't made yep. uh, or you, like, you brought up Josh Sweat jumping offside. These are things that didn't necessarily have to do with Kyle Shanahan and his offense outsmarting us on defense. It had more to do with execution, fundamentally tackling, getting everybody to the football and that sort of thing. Yeah, and we have a lot of questions for Ike, but we know you do too. It's that time of the show where we want to let you know you can ask Ike all of your questions presented by Pond Lee Hockey. So if you have a question, uh, just comment on the show's social media or uh, drop a comment down below, and Ike's going to do his best. Yeah, before you even ask, no, I can't play anymore. So that's, that's over. That, that's what usually you know happens after yeah, a tough game. Yes. Like, Can you suit up, Ike? No. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. That, one, yes, a that, that has happened uh, in the past. No, this has been tough. And we said kind of devil's advocate, you know, if they played this game coming off the bye when they yeah. played Kansas City, would it yep. have been different? But it's a conversation that you can't really have because this is when they played them. And yep. I think it showed a lot about this team considering what we saw in weeks past. And we often say, you know, winning can cover a lot of things up and you learn a lot about yourself when you face adversity. This is the biggest adversity they've faced this season. What do you think the Eagles were learning about themselves? Well, I I think most of us felt this was going to be a tough game. I mean, not that anybody cares about um, spreads or anything of that nature, but when you have a 10-1 team that's an underdog at home, that's saying an awful lot. And so when you look at... Uh, the way the Eagles have played the last three to four weeks, who they played, how they had to sort of dig themselves out of a hole to, to win these games, eventually that takes its toll on you. Uh, and Fran brought it up from a mental standpoint, if nothing else, it yep. takes its toll on you. And so to have the ability to dig down, persevere, and show that resiliency once again, it's going to be tough to do it every week. And again, it's not an excuse. It's just more of an explanation of you knew this was going to be a difficult football game to get through. And what you want is you don't want one game uh, to beat you twice. Mm. What I mean by that is it's one thing to lose today. You don't want this to be a lingering effect, a hangover to where it seeps into next week as well. These are tough games the Eagles have to get through. We all knew this when the schedule came out, that it was going to be a tough 
part of the schedule this time of the year for them to get through. They've handled it great so far. This is the first hiccup they've had in, what, a month and a half. Now it's getting back on the horse, regroup, and get ready for a big game next week. You know, and you may have to see this team again. Yep. So, you know, it's, it, congratulations to the 49ers. You won today, but there may be another opportunity that you have to face this team again. And I think there's a lot you can learn from this game from a schematic standpoint, but also how you approach this game and from a physical standpoint, what's needed the next time you play this team. Great stuff there from Marissa and Ike. Thanks to them and thanks to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our X's and O's content here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week.